Once you've sorted it out, this can do really good things for your career. Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives. This is Olivia from San Jose, California. My CEO just put a meeting on my calendar. The actual fuck. What do I do? Ooh, Olivia. Like, worse than your manager putting a, like, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> your manager sends you a Slack. Hey, got a minute? Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> this is even worse. Like, I would just crawl under my desk and say, no, actually, I love it when the CEO asks me a question because I'm always like, <laughs> yes, please, queen. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Vanessa's excited about it. I think we should all get a little bit more excited about it. <laughs> First of all, you can handle this. You didn't give us much context. So our answer is going to be, it depends a bit on your relationship with the C-suite. Now, there's lots of relationships you could have with the C-suite. You could be at the very bottom jumping over mm-hmm. lots of people to get to go talk to them, or you could be actually the C-suite's direct report. So we've assigned some titles arbitrarily um, because, <laughs> because as we were sorting this out, Holland was like, listen, there's a one and there's a five. And if the five is going to be with the one, are they taking the two? Are they bringing the four? What, like, what, is, <laughs> what is even happening? And I was like, if you try to put that on a podcast, somebody's going to like disassociate while running and I don't want that there will be broken ankles there'll be people in Central Park Lake like it's gonna it's gonna be bad people jump in the ocean off of Land's End like it's everyone just gonna, would be so sad it's gonna be a problem so we've assigned some titles yes instead of numbers yes. we're now using titles <laughs> the title we're using for the C-suite is appropriately CEO yay go off queen and then the next step down from that we're calling a VP mm-hmm. and then we're also going to cover if you're kind of like the most junior person in the room we're gonna call that an associate yeah and like the ones in between director manager manager of things manager of people who cares but like these are the kind of like three levels that you really need to care about one which is the ceo two which is the vp and five at the very fucking bottom is the associate yes exactly <laughs> so now what you do in a meeting with a c-suite not only depends on your relationship with the c-suite but it also depends on the context of the meeting is this one-to-one or is it one to cafeteria? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it in a boardroom or is it in her office, right? Yeah. And so because we don't have any of that, we're going to give the whole enchilada. <laughs> yeah. So get prepared for this to be a whirlwind, actually. Yes. And here's what we're going to cover. And we're going to, we're giving a bit of a table of contents for this one. because Colin <laughs> yeah. was like, I need a roadmap. <laughs> I need a roadmap. So Olivia, here are all the ways that a meeting with a C-suite might happen. We're going to cover an associate. In a boardroom with a CEO. The most terrifying, actually. All the VPs yeah. are in the boardroom. There's a big, long table. Been there, done that. Fucked it up a few times. <laughs> Aced it a few times. It's still a draw. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're going to cover associate in a one-on-one with a CEO. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover associate with a one-on-one with a VP. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover VP with a CEO in any context. Yeah, and that's like, like the CEO's direct report is this VP, but it's also more like high stakes poker because you're representing a whole department. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So it's a little bit different. And then the last scenario we're going to cover is someone fucked up. Oh God. Yeah. That's (laughs) always have an exit strategy is the answer there. (laughs) We're going to give it to you. (laughs) Perfect. Don't worry. (laughs) 
Ask Your Work Wife is a brand new podcast. As a new podcast, it needs some help. So we want you to send it to your work wife. Send it to someone who needs a work wife. Send it to that one person who like always gets left behind in those sad, sad meetings. Send it to a girl you know who deserves better. Send it to your boss you hate. Maybe they'll quit. Send it to your favorite colleague at the last company you work with. Send it to that person who you left behind. Send it to any of your LinkedIn connections who have the hashtag open to work on their profile picture. Yeah, and tell them why that's a bad idea. Send it to any of the 12 million people in this country who are looking for a new job right now. And after you send it to all those people, every single one of them, rate, review, subscribe. All right, Olivia. Behind door number one. Is an associate in a boardroom with a CEO. This one sucks. If this is the meeting on your calendar, Olivia, Godspeed and like eat some chocolate afterwards because like <laughs> worse than the Dementors, I'm pretty sure. Well, and it's so bad because all of a sudden you're a junior person in a room with, could be anybody, directors, yeah. VPs, yeah. actual board members and the CEO herself. There we go. We mm-hmm. like that. And you could be called upon to answer any myriad of questions. Like some that you do know the answer to, some you super don't know the answer to, some you probably should know the answer to, but like, what are you going to define that out of thin air? I need to like pull all the numbers yeah. and like just have them. Like I'm going to walk in like a freshman <laughs> in college with like a stack of books and I'm like, Ooh. here we go. Yeah. I no, Like it's the worst. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, some grace there. Just like take a deep breath and our number one piece of advice is act like wallpaper. <laughs> you do not want to be sitting front and center. You do not need to be sitting anywhere near the C-suite person. If you can get to the back of the room and like a side And next chair, to your mentor would be yeah, great. <laughs> exactly. uh-huh. If you have a coach or a champion in there and they can put them between you two, that's fantastic. If you have someone in the office, you can feel like you can hold hands with. <laughs> as like, not romantically, but like as like a- Emotional support <laughs> coworker. <laughs> When I was in this situation, I had my emotional support VP next to me and I was like, you're doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Like it's, it's tempting to like, feel like you're the star of the room here. Cause you got singled out. You got invited to the big boy table. The, the big, the big girls table also seems to me to do. Why is that? I don't know. The adults table. The adults table. There we go. All right, let's go with that. That, that, that lands the hits. <laughs> so it's it's going to be tempting to feel like you're the star of the show because you're, you're at the bottom of the pyramid, right? You're an associate. It, it's going to be tempting to like sit near the front and be special and feel amazing and like pull a little brown noser moment like, I'm amazing. That's the temptation. The answer is no, don't do it. Usually in a boardroom like this, you're going to have the really important people sitting at a chair at a table and there's going to be like a series of benches or other chairs. Imagine every every episode you've ever seen the West Wing. All the cabinet secretaries are at a really important table and everyone else who's like support staff is around the outside of this room. Or standing. Yeah, great, right? You like, might be in standing room only. Yeah, you may be standing room. If someone comes in who looks like they're more important than you, give up your seat. That's it. 100%. It's like, it's like the subway. Part of the reason that this is so terrifying <laughs> is that you have no idea what has happened in any of those people's offices before you walked in this room. Yeah, somewhere just prior to that invite hitting your calendar, someone said, you know who has the answer to this question? Olivia. Olivia. What series of conversations led to this invitation? Yeah. Olivia. You'll never know. And like, you may not even know after this meeting, right? Like, (laughs) you may not even know during the course of this meeting. But someone somewhere out there decided that you had the answer to whatever question was needed in this meeting and you got invited, which, you know, means that the only thing you need to do is answer the question that's asked. 
whatever rules apply to children in 1950 or like whatever rules apply when you speak to the queen you know in what 1910, i mean like 10 honestly yeah, like, like, you're not the one who's speaking first you're not asking questions you're not raising your hand you're going to speak only when spoken to and you're going to answer only the question that's asked you how many followers do we have on instagram 56.7 thousand great thanks vanessa that's it done it's the number that we had when i left i started at 23.9 <laughs> but i'm not going to say that in the meeting with the ceo i'm just going to say the answer chill this sounds really extreme, Olivia, but like the reason why is that in a meeting with lots of VPs and lots of other people and cross-functional teams, and this meeting probably only happens once a month or once a quarter, everything out of the CEO's mouth is gospel. So if you try to give any further explanation or any further context or say like, oh, like it could be this, but it could be that or waffle in any way, the CEO is going to barrel down on that because their job is to think about things. They get paid an exorbitant amount of money to think through things. So if you present them with an option to think, they will think about it. They're going to think out loud in the board meeting, and then in the boardroom meeting. Yeah. And whatever they say turns out to be gospel. And people are going to walk away from that meeting with directives because yes. the CEO said it because Olivia <laughs> said something she shouldn't have. <laughs> right. And like I, I have watched VPs walk out of the same meeting with different notes on what their directive was. So sometimes it's not even clear from the CEO, thou shalt go do the following things. It's whatever that person, that department took away from that meeting as an action item, right? And if they keyed in to the CEO keying into something that you said that was something more than the answer, it could derail an entire business. Yeah, totally. And everyone is going to hate you. Regardless of what the CEO thinks, like you, one, you definitely don't have the entire context for why they needed that answer. So don't provide any additional context. That's number one. Number two is, if you try to provide context and the CEO now thinks that's the whole context and disregards any other context and starts making derivatives, you have entire departments. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who hate you because your your thing got put above theirs or your thing was given disproportionately as context. And now you've had to change their entire course of their livelihood, career, departmental directives. Like you're never going to get anything done again from that department. Like you're never going to be able to work with them, never have a cross-functional meeting that's useful because they're going to remember that you fucked it up for them in that meeting by, by saying more than you should have. I'm closing my eyes. Like I need, like, I need to like cuddle, like like, huddle in a little ball. (laughs) It's in the fetal position over here. But like, yeah, so that's a lot and it's stressful. And like, I'm sorry that we're coming on strong on this, but like If you get invited to a meeting with the C-suite and there's a bunch of people in the room, the answer is be wallpaper, only speak when spoken to, and only answer the question you're asked, period. The best example of this is, Helen, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it, okay? Okay. Do you know what time it is? 1.32. That's not the question I asked. Oh, God. Do you know what time it is? Yes. That's all. That's it. Right. And like we have, like as humans, we have this propensity to like jump the gun. You cannot do that in a meeting with a C-suite, like speak when spoken to answer only the question that's asked. Now's not the time to shine. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I got it. It's really intense, but like <laughs> yeah. I need you to have that level of intensity and awareness about every word that comes out of your mouth. Totally. Olivia, this is terrifying. I have felt this terror before. I was brand new. It was my first month on the job. I was brought in to be a... <laughs> I hate this so much. The story just gets better every time I tell it. And <gasps> I don't change much, actually. Um, It's just so... Ter- it's just... Anyway, it's terrible because this is exactly what happened. One month on the job, social media manager for a multi-billion dollar company who works in multiple countries. Like, this is a BFD. I get told that I'm going to our monthly communications meeting. This is a meeting that my direct manager is in charge of organizing 
And every single VP from the entire company is there in attendance. The president of the company is there. The COO is there. The bag boy for the CEO is there. So, you know, the CEO is not going to show up, but his little, his little minion is. <laughs> This is this is a meeting that's held in like the biggest conference room with all the glass windows, the top of the double stairs, like the name of this conference room had the word power in it. So you knew exactly where you were. It was a total vibe. <laughs> it's like a corporate stock photo of a, of a, oh, of a board meeting. <laughs> yes. Like, like the rich mahogany and the God. like wide, like, oh, it was awful. And the table like, that's like, looks like it's like three miles yes, long. Yes. Uh-huh. hundred percent. Now, it's important to remember that I know next to nothing about social media at this point in my life. This it's hard to imagine a world in which that's true, but I'll, I'll grant it. Two months earlier, I thought I was going to be in supply chain. This is where, this is... Baby Vanessa! <laughs> I'm like, this is where it's at for us, okay? All of a sudden, I'm like in this meeting because the CEO has taken some interest in social media all of a sudden and expected to have like intelligent thoughts so the understatement of the year is I should never have been in that room. This should have been a one pager submitted to my manager, approved by the VP, and the VP gets to deal with the president. That's 100%. it. Like the answer was no. But there I was. And the first meeting, the poor president asked me a question and I just go to like word vomit. I'm just saying everything I know, hoping that like his reaction, it gives me something to like land on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when he blinks, I'll stop. <laughs> like I need a green flag. Yeah, exactly. Air traffic controller. You now understand where I get all this advice from. Like, don't do what I did. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I appreciate baby Vanessa. Yeah, uh-huh. No, luckily for me in this meeting, nothing happened. Like the the poor president just like had kind of a doe in the headlights look and all the rest of the VPs were like, oh my God, there is someone who knows something about social media in the room finally, which was great. But like meetings like this historically, and I found out this the next month, some idiot opened their mouth and said something like one of our fall offerings had like the lowest margin point ever. And the CEO said, great, then kill all seasonal offerings. It's out of control. Right? So like that that's the kind of power that exists in a room like this. And so for me, it was nothing more than like, you just need to sit down and shut up. Luckily, it wasn't like, let's change our entire product offering strategy, Gosh. right? Which is so like when I tell you your name is wallpaper in this meeting and you're going to answer only the question that was asked of you, I'm serious. Don't be like Vanessa. I know. Like I'm, I'm happy to wear this badge. <laughs> like just don't do what I did. <laughs> Olivia, you, ha- you have what you need now. That's all. Like, <laughs> yeah. we need to move on from the shame. <laughs> or I'm going to, like, have to go into the fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> well, we each get a turn. Okay, thank you. Olivia, the next scenario in which you might find yourself is in a one-on-one with your CEO. Terrifying, but not as impactful on the rest of your life. Like, you will not piss off 27 million departments. In this situation. Yeah. And why we like this better than the boardroom situation is because the one-on-one allows for a bit of conversation back and forth. You're a bit less time bound. Again, the audience is smaller. Things that happen in this room or the Zoom room, whatever, are not going to butterfly affect your entire company. (laughs) Yes. Can I say that? Yes. You told you to excellent use of the term. Yeah. It it becomes like a, it becomes a conversation. It becomes like contextual. You should still be giving one or two options only, right? Like you do not need to word vomit your entire knowledge bank. Cause like, again, you're sitting at the bottom of this corporate decision pyramid, which means you know everything. And because you're in a room with a CEO means that all the natural sifting that has happened up through your manager and the director and the VP has not happened. So you're going to have to like, he's going straight to the bottom. Yeah. Cause he wants to know the real, real. So you need to give him the real, but just like 
it still needs to be buttoned up, presented well. Yes. Think of it as like a verbal version of your one pager. And in fact, I've been in meetings like this where I give the verbal version of the one pager and then I follow it up with an email with a one pager. Like, <laughs> like let me read this to you and then I'm going to send it to you as a PDF. Congratulations. Literally, yeah. Um, oh, I want to just mention, we talked about communicating up in this way and how this sifting of information one pager stuff should happen in episode 40. So that's kind of a nice episode to revisit if you want more context it's on a that. Great episode. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of context in this meeting with your CEO, like you still don't have all the context, but at least you have the ability to have a conversation rather than everything that comes out of his mouth next suddenly becomes the Bible. Yeah. He's going to be able to evaluate what you're giving him rather than just like, okay, great. That's what we ought to do. Yeah. And it's also consider we, we consider it like a more safe, <laughs> it is a safe space. A safe space. Um, because you can give that context without that audience, without those VPs in the room being like, that bitch. Yeah. She just cut off my entire department's budget for the next six yeah, months. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's safer for you. And I think like the experience we've seen is that no immediate action is being taken. No. He he's seeking like an expert advice and just needs a little more context or needs to be able to evaluate or like in some scenarios understands that like all of his VPs are are playing a game of thrones and he wants to cut through the bullshit and see what the real <laughs> thing is you know what i mean like it's a respectful play from a ceo i think totally yeah. I, oh absolutely a good rule of thumb for this olivia is like if you're in the situation you want to you want to provide i'll call it a proportionate response if they're asking you a very simple question give them a simple answer if they're asking you for some context give some context if they're asking you for a full rundown give them a full rundown but like Without the attitude, for, mm-hmm. for example, I, I got pulled into the president's office and he asked me, oh, what should we do about X problem? I could have, if this if this were my emotional support VP, I would have said, oh my God, fucking so-and-so needs to get fired and so-and-so needs to like get a job somewhere else and so-and-so <laughs> needs to go back to work in the cafeteria and then we can get some shit done around here. That is not the version you're going to give your CEO. It's still buttoned up. It's still cleaned up. Yes. And, and it's proportionate to what they're asking. Like, you know what? I think we should do this to solve problem X. And then they'll probably ask you, what do you need in order to do that? Oh, I need a tiger team of these three people. I'm not going to say, I need 20 people. I need $10,000. I need No, a proportionate response. Nice. When you exit this meeting with your CEO, your job is to go directly to your manager. And yes. Tell them everything that happened. 100%. <laughs> you need your ass covered. You need to make sure that you said the right thing, that there's not context that you're missing, that your manager needs to follow up about. Like, that's yep. your next step. You right also there. need to decompress. Like, just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just said this. Did I totally fuck this up? Yeah. Like, the, uh, I love this piece of advice. Behind door number three now. <laughs> there we go. Is a situation when you find yourself in a one on one. With a VP who is not your own. Mm-hmm. The work wife's <laughs> opinion on the topic is that this should generally not be happening. It should be very rare. Very rare. The, the, the fact that a VP that is not in your vertical is coming to you for advice or context or information, that's not the right, that is not the right pathway of communication. No. And, and like it should indicate there's a problem or there's a communication breakdown or something like that. Like Holland and I have been put in this situation a lot because we're operations professionals. So we come in from the side. Mm-hmm. We usually have to deal with like the people on the ground, the associates, the directors and the VPs at the same time. So we've been in this situation a lot, but like, as we started to think through other verticals, we're like, actually this should not happen. It shouldn't, it really shouldn't happen. And so our advice here is bring your manager. They need to know where you are in the building at all times. Exactly. So <laughs> just like, text them. Like if it's a surprise meeting, hi, I'm in so-and-so's office. Come save me. SOS. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because it's not the right. It's not the right channel. No. It's and, not the right channel. And like, and and at some point, like your manager is going to know what that VP is up to, or what their hidden agenda is, mm-hmm. what their like ulterior motives are, and and they could be trying to poach you for something else. And the answer is no. The only context in which I think this might make sense, it's not a, it's not, it's not a work product related. It's like they want to mentor you. Yeah, it's a champion thing. Yeah, like yeah. that's cool. We we love like build relationship building. But if this becomes about your work product, the answer is. I would love to work on this for you. I need to look at my bandwidth for the next month and I'll get back to you. Yes, 100%. Like, this sounds like a great project. I'm, I'm really excited to work on this with you. I've already, I've always admired your team and how oh, you work with it. them. Like, what a flattery, flattery, flattery. Ego-stroking, ego-stroking, ego-stroking. But like, give me a minute and I need to check back on where I'm at with my projects and see where you can go with this. And then you get to tell your manager, hi, <laughs> Where, where are we at with this? Is this beneficial for you if I do this? Is it beneficial for me if I do this? Where, where are we at? Mm-hmm. Do I have the bandwidth? What do I need to deprioritize instead? Or is this VP trying to like get free work out of us instead of hiring someone or instead of making their team do work or whatever? Like what's, what's the sociopolitical context of this <laughs> request? <laughs> Olivia, we're here. We've arrived. <laughs> We've arrived at an important junction. If you are a VP and you report directly to the CEO, there's a few things we need to talk about. Like you may not be here in your career yet. You may be. We, we don't know. You, you sent us a message in a panic. So because of the panic, <laughs> I feel like she's not a VP. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, but maybe she's a new VP. She's like, all of a sudden my <laughs> boss wants to talk to me. The little associate habits kicking in. Oh shit. No, I'm supposed to be talking. Who to- am I supposed to tag? Who do I SOS for this meeting? Where's my emotional support VP? You're the VP. <laughs> Damn it. I'm the emotional support VP. <laughs> It's the worst feeling walking into a room and realizing like, oh God, I'm the responsible adult here. <laughs> I feel like that's the vibe when you're new VP. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations if this is you, but also. Here's some, here's some thoughts. Yeah. As a VP, as someone who reports directly to the CEO, in an ideal situation, you have more context to begin with. You are read in. You've had you, all the one pagers. You, the one pagers are now being given to you. <laughs> that's where we're at. And, and I think that what that means is that you will be more comfortable giving more appropriate context in this situation. You're allowed more wiggle room. Like as an associate, you're allowed like maybe an inch. As a <laughs> VP, you have somewhere between an inch and a mile. Just because of your increased exposure to the CEO, you're more aware of their moods and their pressures and like the business priorities of your company, right? Like like you, you've been read into all that. So you know how to like sift information up to where they need it or they don't need it. You understand a little bit better about like, what where your priorities are and where your power to to like make decisions is and where it's not right mm. so like you have the ability to like direct all kinds of things right as because an as- you're responsible for an entire department right exactly that you weren't responsible for as an associate exactly so- as an associate your, your sphere of influence is kind of like teeny tiny <laughs> like you and like your manager has to cover for your ass if maybe you, an if you fuck up yeah <laughs> right like that's it but all of a sudden as a vp you've got a whole pyramid underneath you yeah thousands and thousands of people like oh my god i know and millions again i'm feel positioning now (laughs) millions and millions of dollars your stakes are higher which gives you access to more information which is good and in a meeting with the ceo that also means you're expected to be able to fight for your department so you can have a stronger opinion you can play a little bit more you're you're playing game of thrones with your other gps right (laughs) like you're you're now in it to win it rather than associate who's just like me i'm here answer the question (laughs) exactly of course, you're always succinct in these meetings. You're always presenting information respectfully and clearly. 
But in this position as a VP, the the case you're making, the arguments you're giving, the options you're presenting are about the business. They're not answering the tiny little question asked of a social media associate in a room she should not be in. You're now responsible for making a case for something that could change the course of the business. And that is, in fact, your job. You suddenly kind of don't care about anything that has to do with brand or messaging or product development or whatever, unless it impacts your P&L, your profit and loss statement. So when you're having these meetings, the answer to any question you're asked is, this is what we're doing. This is why, from a business perspective, it's going to make us money or save us money. And these are the resources I need to get it done. That's it. You, You don't need to bring in any of the drama of like how the creative department did their thing or didn't do their thing. You don't need to bring in any of the like context around why the brand supports this and why R&D and the brand are working together. Like, it doesn't matter. It's about money. The CEO should trust you to make those decisions. That's under your purview. After that, it's, can I have a million dollars to get this done? Olivia. (laughs) This brings us to door number five. This is not a door you want to open. No, it's a really scary one. But it's a door you have to open. It's the if something fucked up door. And look... I'll fuck up sometimes. It's going to happen. Like it, <laughs> I don't think this podcast would be half as good if I hadn't fucked up so many times, but here we are. <laughs> this is the most, this is the most important moment for you to answer the question with the truth. There's no throwing anyone under the bus. There's no fluff. There's no excuses. It's just, this is what happened. As it happened. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else. This is, <laughs> this is what I like to call speaking truth to power. And that's not you coming in here to fuck it up, you know, but it's, It's because you fucked up and now you need to just speak the facts to a powerful person. That is just the truth to a powerful person. And, and now it's a hat in hand. This is what happened. And this is what we're going to do to fix it. And it it takes a lot. Like it takes, not everyone can do this. Not everyone can speak truth to power because, because you're going to go into like scarcity mode. You're going to go into survival mode. 2000 years of evolution are going to kick in and you're going to want to people please and kiss his ass and do all, all kinds of weird shit is going to come out of your mouth when you're in the situation, but you have to stick to the truth. I, I, I've been in a situation where I've been called out. Yeah. By the owner of the company and it wasn't fun. And the answer is yes, sir. It won't happen again. That's it. Cause guess what? That's my livelihood on the line. Hmm? They have the power to fire you right now. Listen, they don't have to justify it to HR. HR justifies it to you. It, it becomes a different vibe. Like your manager could fire you whenever you talk to them. That's fine. But they have to like go and make a case to HR. When the CEO says this person is leaving today, HR says, okay. And they figure out how to make it legal. Yeah. The, the next call is to in-house counsel. If there are no obvious EEOC problems, they don't have to make a case bigger than that. So this is what I mean by speaking truth to power. It's very difficult. It's very humbling. It's the worst feeling in the world. So try not to fuck up, but recognize that you're going to. But the best thing you can do in the situation is just the truth as it is, as it happened. Nothing more. Olivia, that got a bit heavy. Just sorry. But but that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with your job, your livelihood, your career, your, all of your hopes and dreams that are paid for by this paycheck. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking to the CEO, when the CEO wants you in their office or in a boardroom or for for any reason, truly, now you're dealing with thousands of people's livelihoods. And that's where the pressure comes from. 
Exactly. So look at your calendar invite. <laughs> See if you can pull any context clues out. Uh, how many people are in there? Where is it? <laughs> is it in the power boardroom? <laughs> oh, God forbid. Um, but yeah, if it's just you and the CEO, you've got what you need. If it's you in the boardroom, you've got what you need. If you and a random VP, bring your manager, bring your emotional support VP, like wherever you Whatever go. Whatever it takes. <laughs> and then after this meeting, take a deep breath and go decompress with your work wife. When you're done decompressing, take some notes because it's very rare that people get to exercise this muscle of executive communication. And once you've sorted it out, this can do really good things for your career. So get through the panic, get through this meeting and then, and then work on this executive communication skill. Got a question for ask your work wife, record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. What's what's the sociopolitical context of this request? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. Funny, funny, funny. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <the blooper. laughs> this is what happens when Holland edits live. She's like, <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. Funny, funny, funny. Music, and music, we're music. <laughs> Throughout the rundown, so everybody, we're doing it live. Smart, then we come back. It's great. Oh my god. Okay.